Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today we are talking about my favorite subjects, bread. I love bread. I really do love bread. Uh, I think having you know an entire baguette with butter for dinner is perfectly acceptable and if you disagree then i don't know if we could be friends um you know i get carbs are bad these days but there's not there really isn't anything better than like homemade bread but we're gonna get to that we're gonna all in due time how is everyone it's almost february which means we have two birthdays coming up The first would be Ina's birthday on February 2nd, and then my birthday on February 4th. So, yes, Ina and I are both Aquariuses, Aquarii, I don't know what the plural, we're both of the Aquarius zodiac sign, maybe is the better way to say that. Uh, And I don't really know what that means, you know, I'm not well versed in astrology, but I'm open to it. You know, I feel like sometimes I read, I don't really have an astrology app, but sometimes when I read my my horoscope it's like yes exactly me and then sometimes i'm like no that's not it because keon is a scorpio and you know what they say about scorpios they're like feisty and fiery and keon is like a bit like the most docile just like go with the flow human i've ever met in my life so i don't know i uh i feel like i'm like a true blue aquarius too like Ina and i both because i can't remember when you know, when Aquarius season starts or ends, but um, I don't know where I'm going with all this really. But anyway, <laughs> my birthday, more importantly, Ina's birthday, but my birthday, both of our birthdays are on the horizon, which is exciting. Um, what else is exciting? There is snow in Pittsburgh. I forgot to mention that last week. The My levels of serotonin are like through the roof. I just, uh, I just love snow. More specifically, I love watching snow from, you know, the comfort of my own home, preferably like wrapped in a blanket, eating bread. And speaking of bread, how's that for a segue? This is, uh, I think we should get back, or I think we should get back because I'm looking at the words back to basics. I think we should get into this episode. And this episode is Back to Basics, Season 5, Episode 2, entitled Flower Power. And that's F-L-O-U-R for anyone who's playing at home. So Ina begins... I'm the Barefoot Contessa. You think it's hard to bake bread? It's not. This is all about bread and so much more. I'm making the easiest homemade honey white bread. It's tender on the inside and has a gorgeous crust outside. My friend, the master baker Amy Sherber from Amy's Bread in New York is sharing all of her professional secrets with us. Then, a simple sandwich reaches new heights with an incredible open-faced tuna and hummus sandwich that will really surprise you. And I'll show you how the lowly fresh breadcrumbs can make a dish like mussels with basil breadcrumbs into something so delicious. And finally, it's everything you need to know about bread in Ask Ina. Okay, so two things. Ina's pronunciation of hummus as hummus is unforgivable in my book. I I pronounced it as hummus just so everyone could hear how ridiculous it sounded. But I will I will go into that more later when we get to the hummus section of the episode. Um, and number two, I feel that is it is imperative for me to list my top five 
favorite breads. And I feel like I left stuff out, but I do have honorable mentions, of course. So honorable mentions for my favorite breads. I have a list here. Let me scroll. Okay. I would say naan. I mean, naan, like, and for anyone who doesn't know naan, it's, it's like the, it's the bread. It's like pita bread, but it's like, so oh, it's like chewy and delicious, like garlic naan. I feel like such a basic white bitch every time I order garlic naan and like chicken tikka masala. I just can't help it. It's just like I I um I need more recommendations. Like if I like chicken tikka masala, like what else could what I order? But everything I've ever tried, like even if Keon orders something um other than tikka masala, like I usually like it. So I just I don't know. It's like the general so's of Indian food, but I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'm going on a tangent. So naan is definitely an honorable mention. It was very close to making the top five. Um, I will also say another honorable mention is cornbread. I know it's not like a bread bread, but it has the word in it. So I think it's safe to say that cornbread is a bread. And I love a good cornbread. I love like a cornbread that has a little bit of sweetness. I love like a a cheesy cornbread, like a jalapeno cornbread, a honey cornbread. Ugh, it's just, it's so good. Um, and then another honorable mention, this is not really a bread, but I was thinking of like Italian bread. Cause like Italian bread, every time I think of the like Italian bread, I think of like Subway, you know what I mean? Like, I know there's like really good Italian bread and I know that, but that's not like, I guess it is a type of bread and it isn't. But what I was, what I narrowed it down to is that I really just love garlic knots. <laughs> like it just can't get enough of them really like I guess I would also lump breadsticks in there with that like a homemade breadstick Ugh, forget about it it's so good okay so those are my honorable mentions so my fifth slot on my five favorite breads would be this is going to surprise some people maybe it's out of left field but it's a light rye a light rye bread and I specifically love this when I'm out to eat uh, for breakfast like I just I don't order it often but when I do it's kind of like um kind of like a root beer or like a cream soda like I never really order those but every once in a while I really love it and it just like hits the spot so a light rye I I, I mean I've I've dabbled in like what's the opposite of a light rye like a heavy rye I don't know but I I just love that it has a little bit of that rye you know let that little like that little flair, but it's not overwhelming, I guess. So that's my number five. Uh, number four, this also might surprise some people because I've railed against this type of bread before, but I've recently had, have had like a turnaround and it is focaccia. And I feel, number one, I just love watching focaccia like being made, like when, when you like I should just make it myself one day, but like, like the dimples, I always see them on like TikTok and stuff like that. Like that's like the coolest part where they put like olive oil and like maybe some rosemary and then they just like put their fingers in there and it's all bubbly. It looks so good. Um, and I feel like I was burned a lot by focaccia because my first introduction to it, which is like the poorest introduction was at Panera Bread, which is like, cause every time you bite into a sandwich, with focaccia, it just like falls, it like immediately like sails out of the bread. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. But there is a pizza place nearby. It's called Driftwood in Pittsburgh and it's so good. All of their pizza is like a sourdough pizza, which sourdough's coming, don't you worry. Um, but they also have just like a side of focaccia breadsticks. Oh, it is divine. And they also serve it with like a balsamic 
like drizzle. Oh my God, it's so good. So focaccia, it's back. I love it. Uh, so that was number four. Number three is pita bread. And more specifically, I would say it's going to be like authentic pita bread. And I, I mean, there's a place in Pittsburgh. It's not, uh, where is it? It's, I can't remember. It's I think it's in Mount Lebanon, which is another weird thing Pittsburgh say. Pitts, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburghers say is we have a place called Mount Lebanon. And it's actually like a very ritzy part of town. Um, but it's spelled like Lebanon, which is strange. I don't know why we call it that, but that's just what we do. But in Mount Lebanon or Mount Lebanon, there is a it's like a grocery store slash like cafe called Pita Land, which sounds like a Lebanese like amusement park, but it's not. Um, and they have the best pita bread. It is so delicious and like thin, but like supple and fresh. And they make it like right there. You can like see it coming down the conveyor belts. Ugh, it was amazing. And the one time when Keon's parents were in town, we obviously went to Pita Land and Keon's mom made friends with like everyone. She like, literally walked up to the window and saw the bread being made and Keon's mom waved and the lady on the inside immediately knew that she was Lebanese and came out and handed us all like fresh bread. And I was like, yes, it was so good. So Pita Land Pita Bread is the top tier, but I just like Pita in general too. I think it's like very versatile. Anyway, uh, number two is going to be sourdough, which was almost my number one. I just love sourdough. I just, I love how it has that, I don't know, it has like that sort of tang at the same time. I just like, I love sourdough. Like I love the crust. It's like just chewy enough, but not hard. And I'm, I'm really into it. I was not one of those people that made sourdough like during the pandemic because I just didn't have the resolve to do it but I will always eat a sourdough uh, I just really really love it a lot uh, and number one I already mentioned it already it's a baguette I mean the amount of times I could just like I it was like my favorite thing that I ate in Paris one time we were uh, we were staying with Keon's aunt a little outside of Paris and there was like this little like it's always the places like you can plan for like to go to restaurants that are like you know people recommend but it's always the things that are unexpected that turn out to be and like the most like uh you know as Ina would say earthy like it wasn't fancy it was just like a corner store and they sold bread and Keon and I walked in and he got like some sort of olive baguette I might have mentioned this on the podcast before but and I got this um I got like a goat cheese baguette and it was so fucking good. I dream about that baguette. I, I want it. It was fresh and I ate the whole thing and I didn't feel bad about it because, you know, it went in Paris, I guess. But I could honestly eat an entire baguette every day if I could, but I'd be 500 pounds. But I, I just think like, I don't know, butter and is just the perfect like you can put anything on it. you can make a sandwich out of it I just love a baguette and the fresher the better obviously too there's a there's a um a French bakery like a stone's throw away from my house which is dangerous but they have the best baguettes and they're they're like authentic it's like the closest I'm gonna get to that Paris baguette but huh I just love bread everyone and I hope you do too <laughs> but those are my top five uh, favorite breads with some honorable mentions. Uh, thank you for indulging me. I think it's time to get into the episode. So 
Ina starts uh, with this honey white bread. So Ina tells us that there are a few stages and step one is the yeast. So she starts by adding a half cup of hot water, preferably 110 degrees to 120 degrees. And she said it doesn't, it has to be 110, it has to be within those degrees, degree ranges rather, while it's in the bowl. And sometimes if the bowl is cold, it can take the temperature down. I was like, ugh, you lost me already. I don't have the patience for this. But I have been like wanting to make bread like in the past. I don't know. I mean, I always want to make bread. Uh, anyways, I'm going on a tangent here. Um, so she adds two packages of dry yeast and a teaspoon of sugar to activate the yeast. And she's like stirring it around with her hands. And she's like, oh, I love the smell of fresh yeast. And girl, same. I like, it's been a while. Like, I feel like my mom used to make maybe like uh, rolls for Christmas or something like that. Um, and there's something very specific about like that yeast stage that is just so good. Um, so while the yeast is blooming, Ina introduces us to her friend, Amy Sherber, who is the founder and owner of Amy's Bread in New York. Um, so we cut to Amy, who is in the back room of the store. She gives us a little science lesson about like how sugar plus dry yeast plus water activates the yeast and it starts to give off carbon dioxide. And she tells us how to store yeast, uh, uh, fresh or like the dry yeast versus the fresh yeast which I've never bought fresh yeast. It looks like Play-Doh, but um, I'm sure there are perks to that versus the, you know, the dry. She said you, could, you, should, you can keep both in the freezer, both types, but fresh yeast always has to be refrigerated, which makes sense. Um, so we're back at Ina's and she says, thanks, Amy, as if she's like, you know, like a news anchor, like Amy's doing the weather and Ina's the main <laughs> uh, news anchor. I just picture that in my head. Uh, so Ina pours in some hot milk into the yeast mixture, mixture, and then she adds butter and then some honey. And then she says, well, it is honey white bread. And then she smirks at the camera. And next is two large egg yolks and three cups of flour and one tablespoon of kosher salt. She mixes that for about five minutes with the dough hook. I don't know if it was the paddle attachment. I'm pretty sure everything was with the dough hook in the standing mixer. Um, and then after five minutes, she adds two more cups of flour and then she needs it for eight minutes, but she does it with the machine. She doesn't take it out just yet. Uh, and while that is happening, she tosses it over to Amy for some kneading tips. Uh, so we're back with Amy. She says, when you hand knead, use a quick and confident motion and use a good amount of strength to develop the gluten. And she says that you can't really over knead uh, by hand, but in a mixer, you can definitely over mix. So to be mindful of the time, that's you know, suggested uh, with the recipe if you're using like a mixer to knead with that dough hook. This isn't like exciting. I don't know why, like a lot of this stuff, I feel like Ina is like tossing it over to Amy, but like Ina's telling us already, like before she tosses it, it it's a sp it's like coming up in a second. Um, so where was I here? I lost myself. I, I lost my notes here. Okay, so we're back at Ina's and we're in stage three of... Uh, of the bread, which is hand kneading and rising. So she's greased the bottom of the bowl with a little bit of butter and she lets it rise on the counter till it's about double in size, which she said takes about an hour. And then Amy, we cut to Amy and she tells us like, she gives us a little bit of science. I will say that she tells us that the rising is when the yeast does its thing and converts the sugar in the dough into alcohol and carbon dioxide. Um, and then 
you know, when the dough has risen enough, it's, you know when the dough has risen enough, excuse me, when it's doubled in size. So, and, and again, it's like Ina just said that. So I don't know, I don't know what like Amy's game is here. And Ina does mention um, after this, like, I think it's the last time we see Amy that Amy has a book out. So maybe that was the reason. But like, I would have loved to seen the store. I would have loved to seen the different breads. But I guess, you know, this isn't necessarily lost because I feel like uh, just because I know that or just because Ina's repeating it, like, doesn't mean that, you know, people aren't learning something from it. So I shouldn't bash it. But it's not the most exciting thing to talk about <laughs> on a podcast. So anyway, back to Ina. She is dumping the dough from the bowl onto the board and she cuts it in half so she can make two loaves of bread. Uh, she puts them into the loaf pan to proof again for another hour uh, and an hour passes by. We, you know, we flash forward. She brushes the loaves with some egg whites and then pops them into the oven. And there really is no better smell than fresh baked bread. Like, honestly, I feel, I mean, I'm trying to think of other things. I, I guess like chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Is, is it, is like a close second, but like bread takes the cake. I can't think of anything else that smells better than chocolate chip cookies or bread. What, what does everyone else think? Chime in. Um, so we flash forward to when they come out of the oven and she cuts a slice of bread and she puts like a healthy dollop of butter on it, which is, you know, brava. Uh, and then she's like, Ooh, delicious. And then they like cut her off. She doesn't even get, (laughs) she didn't even get to like properly gush about the bread. I don't know why that segment was just like very abruptly cut off. I feel like they had to make room for ask Ina, but um, it's like after all of that process, she's just like, mm, great. <laughs> so after the commercial break, Ina emerges from the pantry with the opening line of, I love Belgium, while holding a jar of mayo and mustard. <laughs> it was just funny. She goes on to say that she loves Belgium uh, for its style and that it's kind of what inspired the barn. And I, I guess like the aesthetic of Belgium um, with our architecture or I don't know, the interior design styles. And she says that when she went there, she loves to go to a restaurant called Pain Quotidien. And there's also a restaurant like in America, America called Le Pain Quotidien. And I, I first saw it in New York when I lived there. And I was like, what the hell does that say? I was like, Quotidien. But it makes it actually looks like how it's pronounced. And I don't think they're the same store because this one has like a le in front of it. Le Pain Quotidien. Um, so I'm assuming this is obviously a different restaurant chain I'm imagining in Belgium, but anyway, uh, Ina goes on to tell us about the most incredible sandwich when she went to Belgium. So it's tuna salad with hummus. (laughs) And I just don't know where this came from. Every time I watch an episode with Kian, uh, he always like winces whenever he hears that pronunciation. I just like... I don't know who told her that. And maybe, maybe in some, I'm sure like the pronunciation of hummus varies from like Arabic culture to Arabic, Arabic culture. But like, I, like if, if, if Keon, like when he says hummus to like his family, he says hummus. So, but it's not hummus as well too. So I don't know, just call it hummus. And I feel like eventually in older episodes, you know, or more recent episodes, she kind of finds her way with that. But Anyway, and honestly, I personally don't think that hummus is that bizarre to put on a sandwich. Like, she's like, I know it's a crazy combination with tuna salad. Or it's not, yeah, tuna salad on, like, on top of hummus, on top of bread. But I I have, like, put 
I've used hummus as like a, like just plain hummus, but I've, I guess maybe other flavors too, as like a, a mayo substitute on a sandwich. I love it. I remember the first time I told Keon that one time and he looked at me as if I told him there was like a meteor hurtling towards earth. Like he was just flabbergasted. Um, but yeah, I do it sometimes. So sorry, Keon. And anyway, so she gets to this sandwich. Uh, she pours some good tuna into a bowl, uh, which is Italian tuna packed in olive oil, uh, which I have bought. Like I've, I've not bought probably the, the same brand she has bought. It is better. It just like has a little bit more flavor, which is what she says too. Like, I, I mean, I'm always like a canned tuna in water kind of gal, but, um, you know, every once in a while, it's nice to splurge on the good tuna. Uh, so into the bowl of Italian tuna, she adds just like, I'd say like, it looks like two tablespoons of each of these things I'm about to mention. Some chopped celery, some chopped onion, and then some chopped cornichon. Cornichon. Uh, so next up, she adds some lemon juice, two tablespoons of the reserved oil from the, uh, the tuna can, and two tablespoons of mayo, a little bit of Dijon mustard, some salt and pepper, and then she gives it a mix. Uh, and she throws it into the... She doesn't throw it. <laughs> I just picture her, like throwing a bowl of tuna against the refrigerator. Uh, she puts it into the fridge uh, for the flavors to sort of marry and just like, you know, get acquainted with one another. So when she puts the tuna mixture into the fridge, she takes out the bowl of hummus that she made and she tells us how to make it. So I forgot to consult with Keon before I did this episode too, but I'm pretty sure I remember how he makes it. But I'll we'll, we'll go with Ina's recipe first and then I'll tell you how he taught me to make it. And again, is I feel like there are so many different ways to make hummus that everyone thinks that their way is the best way. Um, so here's Ina's way. She starts with two cups of chickpeas and she tells us to save a little bit of the liquid uh, because then she adds two tablespoons of that liquid to the beans and then a third a cup of tahini, tahini, excuse me, uh, followed by four cloves of minced garlic. I feel like that's a lot. I do like garlic, but sometimes it gets crazy. Um, and, and then uh, six tablespoons of lemon juice, eight dashes of Tabasco sauce, and then she says, or as much as you can stand. And then she looks at the, almost at the computer, because I was looking at my computer to make sure I was still recording. I'm always panicked that, like, I'm going to go. One time I did do that. I don't think I ever told you, listeners, I recorded like half an episode and then I took a break or something because I was editing something out and then I hit play again and then it was like it was like 18 minutes or something like to the end of the episode I was like yeah I'm all done recording and then I looked at the episode and or looked at my track and it didn't record and I was like oh my which happens I mean fellow podcasters we've all been there it's just uh you know we're all sort of on edge all the time to make sure <laughs> everything is going to plan um, so anyway, back to this hummus, uh, she adds some kosher salt and just like gives that a mix or like a blitz in the, in the food processor. And I'd say if I'm remembering correctly, the way that Keon told me and the way that I've seen his mom prepare it, it's definitely chickpeas. I don't think she adds liquid into it. Um, like the chickpea liquid, uh, and then into that also the tahini and the lemon juice and the garlic and salt. And I think that's it. I mean... Yeah, I think it's it. I've, I've seen like recipes where they add like ice to it. It like gives, I don't know. But that's, that's, I think that's probably the most like basic ground level version of hummus. And it's really not that 
hard to make. If I can do it, so can you. And it's actually really great because you feel like accomplished. And then it, it lasts for a good amount. I'd say like after a week, maybe just take a look at it and make sure everything's going. Everything is still kosher. Um, but the Tabasco sauce, that's a no-no. I mean, I wouldn't mind it, I guess. I like a little bit of kick, but not with the, you know, the traditional Lebanese recipe that I just said. Um, so Ina begins to build this sandwich. So she slices up some sourdough bread. It looks so good. Um, she spreads some hummus on it. And she says that she hates when it's pureed like baby food. And I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with this, Ina. I... Um, I know I keep going back to like Lebanese hummus or the way that like Keon's mom makes it for us, but like, I, I love it. The smoother, the better. It's like, I love it to be a little, it's not like fluffy. It's not whipped, but I don't know if you've ever been to like any sort of like authentic Mediterranean or Arabic restaurant, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like I typically like, a. I know Ina loves texture and like everything and she's not a fan of like pureed stuff, but I, I, I just feel like it's, like the more smooth and like velvety is the more the velvety it is excuse me the more i enjoy it so that's you know agree to disagree there ina uh so she puts some she puts the hummus on and it's it definitely has texture um she puts some tuna like the tuna i was a tuna casserole the tuna salad mix on top of that and then puts a little slice of radish on top i love radish i never buy them i never really keep them in the house um, but I feel like that's like an authentic sort of Arabic touch, you know, or Mediterranean touch because Keon's parents, they always have radishes on hand. They, they store them in water and like a little like Pyrex thing, which I guess is, I mean, I feel like that's a better way to store them anyway. Uh, it looks great. This would be like an honest, like I would make this for a party, like little sandwiches. It's, it's like a really good, like midday snack almost. I don't know if it's like a meal. I would need something else on top of it though. Or, like, in addition to it. All right, so after the break, it's time for some mussels with basil breadcrumbs. And she starts out by steaming the mussels in a big pot, like a Dutch oven, that has a little bit of olive oil and white wine. And she's using a Pinot Grigio. Uh, she puts the mussels into the pot and lets it steam for about four to five minutes. And uh, while she makes the breadcrumbs, or while that's happening, she makes the breadcrumbs. So the breadcrumbs are pretty easy. She cubes, or she slices, my sentence here that I might know, she cubes six slices of leftover white bread, there we go, with the crust removed, um, and puts them in a sheet pan and then throws them into the oven for about eight minutes at 350 just to get them, like, crispy. Uh, and then she tosses the breadcrumbs into the food processor, uh, followed by a quarter cup of olive oil, uh, with, and then some garlic, some fresh lemon juice, and gives it a few pulses. And then she chops up some fresh basil, uh, and then some sun-dried tomatoes. I like where this is going. I, I approve. I would, like, eat this, like, just with a spoon. <laughs> um, maybe not the raw garlic, but, you know, I, I feel like it'd be good. Uh, so then she adds some salt and pepper, and then gives it another blitz, and then adds some toasted pine nuts for the grand finale, which I love pine nuts. Um... So the mussels are done at this point, and the breadcrumbs are ready to be tossed into the breadcrumbs. Did I say the same? The breadcrumbs are ready to be tossed into the breadcrumbs. The bread, you know what I mean. The mussels and the breadcrumbs, they're ready to be incorporated. <laughs> so it looks really good. I will never pass up mussels. I think it's like, even though it's like one of the grosser seafoods, like I'd rather have that than, what's the other one? 
where you like slurp them. Why can't I think of that? Mussels. Oh, come on. Oysters. Took me a second, but I got there. Um, but anyway, it looks delicious. And then so she has a bite. Uh, and then she also dips what looks to be like a baguette into the bowl to sort of like, you know, sop up all the juices. It looks great. I love that's again, a crusty baguette. It, it goes with everything. And every time I go to Panera, I don't know why I'm like on a Panera kick. Um, I will always order the extra baguette. Like if you order an apple or bag of potato chips, like who are you? <laughs> it's just like I will I will even if I order like a bread bowl or like a sandwich, I will still get the bread on top of it because if you get a bread bowl, you can dip the baguette in the soup. Hello. Ugh, it's so good. And I know that obviously Panera is like <laughs> it's not the best place for bread, but it's good. It you know, it's it's uh it's sort of like it has mass appeal. There's a Panera everywhere. But anyway, um, I think it's time for Ask Ina. Wrapping, this is a home stretch here. So the first question is from Michelle and Cosmo from Wayne, New Jersey. And I think it's important to know that Cosmo is a dog. Ina does not acknowledge the dog at all. Um, but I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> so the question is, why do you cut the crust off of breadcrumbs when she makes homemade breadcrumbs? Uh, so Ina says that she does this so that they toast evenly and that she, and she's always afraid that the crust would get too dark, which I guess, I guess there's some logic there too. She's like, but it's totally, she does add at the end that it's like a total personal preference. So there's that. Uh, next is an email from Brandy Wimbish and she says, or Brandy says she's making bread pudding for the first time. I love a bread pudding. That's me talking, not Brandy. Um, uh, she says, what's... What breads work best, and should the bread pudding be mushy? Uh, so Ina says the best breads are the light and airy breads that will absorb the custard best. And then Ina goes on to tell her that the bread pudding should not be mushy, obviously. Um, so she then she cuts to like, you know, ask Ina is always like, what I like to do or like my recipe for bread pudding is this. And then there's like some footage from, you know, an old episode. Um, so she shows us her panettone bread pudding. I can't with panettone. I'm sorry. Everyone who's Italian is like, you know, throwing their phones or however you're listening to this across the room. It's like the fruitcake of breads. Ugh, I just, I can't do it. I don't know. And I know there's different types. I, I feel like there's like a chocolate chip panettone. I could be getting, I could get into that. But any sort of like dried fruits, oh God, I'd, I would be so mad if it's, if Ina was like, I made bread pudding, but I made it with a panettone. I'd be like, come on. But it's, you know, I respect it for what it is. I know a lot of people love it. Um, But I, I will say um, the clips that Ina shows of this panettone bread pudding it looks pretty mushy. It looks like scrambled eggs. So I don't know. What's the what's the person saying? Brandy? I, I mean, maybe it has to be a little bit mushy. I like my bread pudding like cooked all the way through. I want it to feel like French toast. Um, anyway, there's also clips, uh, the famous croissant bread pudding, which always makes me think of Novimpia, that Ina Garden parody on YouTube. If you haven't, oh my God, Novimpia, Ina Garden parody, please go watch it. Because <laughs> there's one line where Novimpia, as Ina, says, everyone is always asking me what my safe word is. Easy. It's croissant bread pudding. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so anyway, uh, the next question is from Al Faro, which sounds like a made up name. And it's about pizza dough. Uh, 
uh, Al's pizza dough isn't stretchy and it keeps retracting. So what can he do? So Ina gives us like a live demonstration of two doughs, one that's under kneaded and one that's like perfectly kneaded. Um, and it's funny because the first dough, she doesn't really like stretch. She's like, see, this doesn't stretch at all. Or it, like it keeps retracting, but like she pulls it like a millimeter away. So like, of course, it's going to retract. And the second one, she like stretches out. So I don't know. It just like made me nervous for her. I was like, oh, what if it breaks? Um, and the last question of Ask Ina is from Sue Sharp, and it's a video. She says, hi, Ina. I enjoy your show and cookbooks very much. And Ina smiles and looks up and says, thank you. <laughs> I love when she does that, when they cut back to her. Uh, so Sue is making brioche, I guess homemade. It didn't really specify, but she only needs one. Can she freeze the second one and for how long? So Ina walks over to her freezer and pulls out uh, like a loaf and she says that she keeps it in her freezer for about three to five months. I was surprised uh, by that. She says as long as it's tightly wrapped and that she even keeps sliced bread in the freezer because you never know when you'll need it. And then she holds up a homemade loaf of some type of bread. I don't know. Maybe it was like the honey bread that she made. It looked like it. And she says, I think this will be tomorrow's breakfast. Have fun. End of episode. <laughs> it's like it's like a very abrupt ending. Um indeed so that's all she wrote folks that's that's the bread episode i hope uh you know i hope we all learned something and that we all got what we needed get it needed bread jokes okay bread puns over episode over so thank you again for listening if you want to follow the podcast on social media you can follow it on instagram at good vanilla pod and you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.